You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. God's a God of redemption and restoration. That's what I wanted to draw it around to Sunday morning was that, yeah, you may have experienced sitting in the seat of scoffers. You may have been there for some time, but guess what? We serve a God of redemption and restoration. So don't stay there. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. We are continuing the series through Psalms called the Songs of Jesus, and I am joined by two special guests and friends. First, I'm joined by Pastor of Spiritual Formation, Bob Moss. Bob, thanks for being here. Oh, it's my honor to be here. And it is a joy to have the doctor, the one and only Rob Campbell. Rob, founding pastor. Rob, thanks for being here. Thanks for being on the podcast. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, great to have you. You had a great message on Sunday. We'd love to start with just asking you, what was it like? Uh, I'd love to know. You shared a little bit on Sunday, but I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on how you picked the psalm because there are 150, so (laughs) there's a lot to choose from. So what kind of led you to Psalm 1? And then what was that process like? Uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a little bit since you you've done this before. So so uh, what was that like? Just well, being like back. I said, like I said Sunday morning, you know, there's 150 psalms, and so I mean, I can't get through the first couple of psalms. So I, it was an easy pick. I mean, do Psalm one, do Psalm two, and so I picked Psalm one. Seriously, uh, I like the visuals that are displayed in in Psalm one, and I think they connect with the culture that we're in right here in Wimberley and Hayes County. Uh, we are able, thankfully, to see nature and uh, experience it with the trees and the water and the mountains and all that kind of good stuff. So it was a be easy pick for me. And it's always been a special uh, psalm to me as well. So whenever you see the word blessed, the first word of Psalm 1, it triggers me to pay attention to that because I'm interested in Okay, what does happiness mean? What is joy all about? And how can I walk in that? Mm, That's good. Both of y'all have read this psalm uh, probably many times (laughs) before, but did anything just in Bob as you listened and then Rob as you prepared, were there things that maybe stood out to you this time around as you kind of read or listened or studied it? Uh, I love how both of y'all have shared how just you can read something multiple times and and new things pop out at you. So did something kind of stir in you or kind of... speak to you based on the message on Sunday. Well, I love the way Rob brought the two pictures up. Uh, the one from Brazil that showed the remnants of a fire. And then the beautiful picture of the waterfalls in Colorado and the contrast. And I love passages that have a contrast in Psalm 1 is one of the greatest contrasts that we can see as it describes the person who follows the Lord versus the person who doesn't. And the contrast is so so pictorial in the in the Psalms. I thought Rob did a beautiful job the way that he brought it all together. Yeah, no, it, it was a great contrast. Talk about the two ways kind of towards the end of the chapter there. Um, just talking about the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. Um, I also would love to ask, one of the words kind of at the very beginning of this passage was delight. And Rob, you mentioned that that 
uh, you use the phrase kind of bending yourself to God's law. I'd love for you to maybe unpack that a little bit because we've, you know, I'm sure if you grew up in the church, you've heard that word delight. We use that in even just a secular context describing certain things, but, but, but what is so significant about that word in the context of this, of this chapter and, and just in that concept of bending yourself to the law? Yeah, let me come back to that. Remind me because I'll forget, okay? okay. <laughs> but I do want to build on what, what Bob just said and what really stood out with me in, in uh, Psalm 1 was that word planted. Mm. And as I researched it, uh, knowing that it really means transplanted. So as we are obedient on that straight path, then as an additional blessing, by the way, one of the things I didn't point out Sunday morning is that that word blessed is a... A, a multiple word. It's just not a singular blessing, but it is one that we experience over and over and over again as we're obedient to God. And so that word planted, to get back to my point, uh, I really learned that when you walk in that way, of course, we don't always walk in that way because we're imperfect vessels, but when we walk in that way that we're transplanted by those streams of living water. Mm -hmm. That meant, meant a lot to me. And then you, you were asking about the word... Delight. Delight, yes. yeah, yeah. So yeah, delight is the bending of one's will towards God. And uh, as we delight in the law of the Lord, as we delight in the totality of the Holy Scriptures, and again, Taylor, no one does that perfectly. I certainly do not. Mm -hmm. I would hope that that would be my first go-to in life's journey. Sometimes, sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. But when we do delight in the law of the Lord, we sure do see uh, immense blessings from him. It's that struggle against carnality and flesh and the spirit of God within us. Mm -hmm. And it's a constant, constant on, ongoing struggle. Mm -hmm. For someone listening that, that listened to the message, talked about, or just hearing the idea of the significance of the word and being in the word and being anchored and planted, like you said, uh, what would maybe be some ways that someone could start? Or maybe I, I think about <laughs> growing up and then even in college, like I, I knew I needed to be in the word, but but it would just always be a constant struggle. Like, oh, I just didn't get around to it or, oh, I, I need to spend more time. Like, so, so what would you, how would you encourage someone that both of y'all that, someone they know they should be in the word more, but it's just still a struggle. How, how do you get to a point where they, they feel like they can delight in the word? Well, I, I was a youth pastor in the 80s during the discipleship movement, back in the dark ages, okay? <laughs> and when I say discipleship movement, I don't mean, quote unquote, the literal discipleship movement, Bob, that you've lived through and, and have had experiences in. But the big thing in youth ministry in those days was you know, to train up your young people to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the things that came with that was you've got to have a, quote unquote, quiet time every day with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Is that something bad? No, it's not something bad. Did it make kids feel guilty when they didn't do that? Yes, it made kids feel guilty. Were there youth pastors doing it every day? Probably not. <laughs> so the whole point is that you really need to find something that works for you. And when you find something that works for you, then go with it, run with it. Whether it's a couple of verses a day, a chapter a day, reading through the scriptures, building on the devotionals that are coming out of Cypress Creek, you know, this kind of deal. One thing that you don't want to do 
<clears throat> is just merely um, listen to uh, podcasts all the time for your feeling, <laughs> yeah. or listen to your favorite spiritual author, or you know this kind of. You really want to ingest the word in some way. You don't need a gallon full of it, just a taste of it every day, and it really will. Uh, change who you are. I know Bob would like to say something on that too. Yeah, yeah, I want to hear it, Bob. What would you add? Well, I was blessed early on in my walk with the Lord to read a book uh, by the president of the Navigators at that time. The Navigators has been a Christian organization, one of the oldest Christian organizations that a lot of people call parachurch ministries, came alongside the church. But that book... Uh, introduced me to a scripture memory system. It was the Navigator's Topical Memory System. And I began memorizing scripture at a young age, along with having a good reference Bible. Now, at the time, a good reference Bible uh, for me was the Schofield Reference Bible. I was in a Baptist church at that time, and the the Schofield Reference Bible was, it wasn't inspired by God, but it was next to being inspired by God. And so I learned many, many doctrines uh, that way, and I memorized a lot of those scriptures. So I've been involved in scripture memory ever since I was a young Christian. And I know that there aren't too many people that are real high on scripture memory. I, for me, if we're talking about meditation like Psalm 1 does, mm -hmm. that was one of the passages that inspired me to memorize scripture because it talked about meditating in the Word of God day and night. Well, during the day, I'm busy doing a lot of things. How do I meditate in the Word if I can't carry the Bible around with me and read the Bible the whole time. But if I have the Word of God hidden in my heart, God, by the Holy Spirit's power, can bring a verse to my mind, and I can meditate on it. As Rob said, I can ruminate on it. I can mm -hmm. chew the cud, you know, just dwell on it. Mm -hmm. At night, when I'm laying down in bed and I'm having trouble going to sleep, if you know, I can't stop and get out the Bible and turn on the light and wake up my wife and read the Bible. But if I've got the Word of God hidden in my heart, I can lay there at night and just meditate on Scripture on my bed with a dark room. And so for me, I believe this is a mandate from God mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And Psalm 1, along with Joshua 1.8, is are, they're the two passages that really inspired me. And then, of course, there's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God is the is the answer to every dilemma that mankind faces. We can go by the 
leading of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will direct us. And the Word of God has the answers. And Psalm 1, such a beautiful contrast between the person that does meditate in the Word and the person that doesn't. I want to just jump in on something you just said, just speaking to the the significance of the word and how it stands out compared to many other sources. Rob, you talked about that too, just how there's a lot of issues that we face, whether it's family, relationships, finance, all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, this may seem like a simple answer, but I'd love to just hear y'all's thoughts, uh, maybe more expounded on just what is so significant about the word, because there is more information at our disposal, whether it's books or blogs or tweets or anything else. Like, There's more information accessible now than ever in history. Uh, so, so you know, what would be the right posture to have towards the word as you look at the wealth of information that's available to us when it comes to discerning how do we interact with these many issues that we face? It's the inspired word of God. So it, it, it allows us to, to find our way in a very troubled world. And... Bob's been a Christian for how long, Bob? 1964. Since 1964. For you listening to this podcast, that's the year I was born. <laughs> so Bob's been a believer in Christ for many, many years. And I've been a believer in Christ uh, since I was nine years old. Mm. And yet, we still have those burning fields time. We still have those fiery times in our lives, smoke-filled times that I talked about yesterday. And we think, wow, where did this come from? I, I, I shouldn't be going through this. I'm way beyond this in my life. You're not. Mm. And so like I tried to explain Sunday morning, allow the Word of God. It sounds so cliched. I'm sorry, Taylor, but no. just allow the Word of God to um, pour over you, meditate on it, as Bob mm -hmm. said. Mm -hmm and go slow with it, don't rush it. Mm -hmm. And he comes through because he, the peace of the Holy Spirit um, surpasses our human understanding mm -hmm. and it just works. Mm -hmm. So there's other resources out there that are good and fine and dandy, right? right. But the word of God is indeed that inspired word of God. Mm -hmm. Bob, would you add anything? One of my favorite uh, apps on my, on my uh, iPhone is the Blue Letter Bible, and uh, it's, it's free, doesn't cost anything, and yet in that app, just that app alone, it has got over probably $2,000, $3,000 worth of reference material that is available to us, and on the iPhone, all you do is click a few buttons and boom, you've got this whole world of of Bible aids that if you have a, if no matter what verse you're studying, all you got to do is tap on that verse, boom, a menu shows up on the iPhone. Now, we're seeing a disparity here, spiritual maturity right now, because <laughs> Bob is pointing you to the Blue Letter Bible. I pointed you to Google <laughs> yesterday morning, so... This is an amazing revelation that you're experiencing right now. So it's yeah. a good suggestion. Bob. I do Google yes, too. Is. I Google. My middle name is Google. So, <laughs> All right. True confessions are good for the soul. That's good. Anyway.
I love to Google, but I'm talking about when I'm when I'm reading a, a chapter of the Bible and I want to understand. For example, there's a book that I've used for 50 years. It's called The Treasury of Scriptural Knowledge. Hmm. Well, I have that book on my bookshelf. I've got Nave's topical commentary. But I'm reading along in my app. And by the way, I can just tap a button and it goes to a multitude of translations I can switch to. But no matter what translation I'm reading, I tap on that verse, and up pops the treasury of scriptural knowledge. And all, all of a sudden, I can look at all of the other verses in the, in the whole Bible that have a similar story to tell as that verse does. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing, Bob. I do want to ask you, are you a sales rep for Blue Letter Bible? Okay. <laughs> I do. It's, it's nothing to sell. It's free. It's because it's really sounding like uh, no. maybe you're getting a cut from no, each I, person I, I, that signs up for the app, Bob. I just want to I'll, clarify that for our listeners. I'd get a cut of nothing. That's what I would get. I'd get 50% of nothing. <laughs> oh, I want to go back to something, Bob, you said. I just thought this is good because there are so many resources, Bob. I love you mentioning those. You name dropped several things that sound real fancy, and, and I don't even, I'd never heard of them. But, but, but I'm sure they're great. I, I would just go back to the point, Rob, that you said too about just taking the next step, that it looks different for every person because I think some could be listening and they're like, well, I'm never going to be like Bob. I mean, Bob's like the, the sensei of all Bible studies. And so, and, and so just even the, the encouragement, I think hearing both of y'all say is just, it's just starting and just getting in the word, meditating on the word, uh, ruminate. You, add, you use that word on Sunday, just kind of chewing and, and kind of so. I just love that that's part of the encouragement too, that instead of getting overwhelmed because, I mean, the, the, the Bible's like an ocean. I mean, there's just so much and everything keeps going further and further in. So just even that idea that they're just starting uh, versus letting that be something where you just don't even try because it's overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. So I'll give you a perfect example, I think, Taylor. I, I'm the director of development for Earth Mission Asia. We train healthcare workers in the country of Myanmar. And they go out to the remote villages after a five-year training period. And so one of the things that we wanted to do with our students in training was lift their spiritual maturity. And so our time, 6.30 a.m. on a certain day of the week, two times a month, I am teaching the students in a remote village via Zoom right here from my house in Wimberley. Wow. And so we started with Matthew chapter one, and we're taking two chapters a week, and we're going to go all the way through the gospels till we're done with the gospels. Mm. So it's it's not rocket science. It can be done in a variety of ways. So their assignment each, you know, every two weeks is to read two chapters, to meditate on it, to ruminate on it and to be prepared for the upcoming teaching. Mm. And that's what we'll do in rolling out uh, the gospels. Why not start there? Mm -hmm. Why not start where you can see the life of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, the healing of Jesus, healings of Jesus, the call of the disciples, um, and, and the things that Jesus taught us to do? Just start right there with Matthew chapter one. Mm. That's good. That's good. 
Okay, before we close, uh, Rob, I want to ask you, you, we could walk away from the six verses in this chapter and think, okay, I need a, I need a delight in the Word. I need to spend more time in the Word. I need to ruminate in the Word. But you didn't just end there saying, okay, now go off and read your Bible. You actually ended with uh, just this concept of grace out of, out of Romans 8. So I'd love to kind of just hear the behind the scenes on, on why end there. Why not just leave a message saying, okay, everyone, go, go read the Bible more and you'll be blessed. But, but what is so significant about pulling in just the, the verses in, in Romans 8 as you closed? I think as I contrasted the two pictures of Crystal Falls and the Amazon when it was burned up in Brazil, I actually did not make this point in the first service, but I made it in the second service, was God's a God of redemption and restoration. And while you may be in a fiery place a burned up Brazilian Amazon type place. If you went back to that place today, that picture I showed you, I'm sure it would be just absolutely breathtaking and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to draw it around to Sunday, Sunday morning was that, yeah, you may have experienced sitting in the seat of scoffers. You may have been there for some time, whether it be a night or for a period of time, but guess what? We serve a God of redemption and restoration. So don't stay there, you know, make a choice. And that's what the message was really all about. Mm -hmm. The choice is yours. That's so good. That's so good. We'd love to give both of y'all just a final word. Is there anything that uh, you would want to encourage people as they go about this with this passage in mind, uh, living out this week? Well, living by the streams of living water, it reminds me of what Jesus said in John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And that's a promise to me that God is saying to me as one of his children, Bob, you can have everything you want. Abide in me and let my words abide in you, and the world is yours. A quick story. I was sitting down on the private side of Blue Hole one day, probably the second year of pastoring here, maybe sooner, I don't remember. And I was sitting by those amazing cypress trees, you know, 300, 400-year cypress trees, and the, the creek was flowing there, and I was just praying it sounds very spiritual as if it's a daily you know, practice down there at Blue Hole, but this was a special time. And for some reason, Taylor, my oldest daughter, who was much, much younger at that time, <clears throat> you know, brought, was brought to my mind by, by God. I won't, I won't tell you all the details, and I will not say that I heard the audible voice of God, but in when I was reading... Psalm 1, I I thought about this story. And it is that, it was at that moment that I believe that God revealed to me that Taylor would be a seamstress of the broken heart. And we didn't name her Taylor because, you know, we, we had a prophetic word from God or anything like that. But I tell you what, I know it was from the Holy Spirit and I've seen it come to fruition. 
But that's kind of a neat story just to close with, I guess, on my behalf, because whenever I read Psalm 1, I think of that experience down at Blue Hall. Wow, that's awesome. It's been a great conversation. Thank you all both for joining us. Thanks for having us, Taylor. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.